when you get heat with the boys, you know, sometimes they'll let that rest according to what kind of heat you got. And I remember the time that uh, somebody's well, got heat with that could dog. You just, could you just stop? Stop. Get down. <laughs> Mac Davis and WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long with one-on-one. Teddy, how you doing? Hey, doing good, Mac. Uh, just glad to be back here with you again. Got a fresh, brand new week. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about, man. I can't wait. First of all, let me talk about some business here at Sports Kita. Uh, I got okay. a message today that uh, soon this show will be available across various podcast platforms through Sports Kita. And the uh, actual channel now on YouTube will now be known as Wrestle Binge by Sports Kita. So it's Wrestle Binge by Sports Kita. Just a quick update to let you know what's taking place with Sports Kita and uh, the ever expanding uh, group that they're doing. They're just including all kinds of new content, and we're just happy to be a part of all that. Well, that's exactly right, man. And I want to, you know, give a shout out to Sports Kita. Thank them so very much. And also, let's thank all of our fans that uh, sort of subscribe to our podcast here, and we're picking them up every week, man. And so thank you guys. Just y'all just keep on coming. Please don't stop because that's what helps us. The higher those numbers go up, the more longer, well, the more longer, the longer we can stay online here. Dave Meltzer, Teddy, is reporting that there are plans for Roman Reigns to actually wrestle both nights of WrestleMania 39 with the working idea that he would face The Rock one night and Cody Rhodes the other. Well, I don't uh, see the, well, there's anything wrong with that. I think that's something brand new that, uh, you know, you got two nights of WrestleMania there. So I think you ought to have, you know, two good, uh, you know, good guys there on both on both shows. And uh, Roman Reigns, he certainly proved himself, man. He's ready to go with anybody. It makes no difference who you put him in the ring with. Cody Rhodes certainly came back to WWE, made a, you know, big stand there, got injured and had to get out for a while, but he's he's, he's healing now, and I'm sure he's going to come back fresh, and I think those two matches will be outstanding. I just wonder if that's too much Roman Reigns and somebody else couldn't have benefited from uh, working with Cody one-on-one instead of uh, Roman working two nights. Well, I'm sure it could have been, you know what I mean? But everything is done for a reason. So whatever they're doing, I think they, you know, they're, they're, it's not going to just be those two nights. It's going to go further than that. Um, when it comes to WrestleMania 39, uh, there's a lot of rumors and stuff going around. And of course, part of that being Naomi and Sasha Banks and what the latest is with them. Teddy, you and I, we talked about this not too terribly long ago on one of our episodes. What This show or our other show uh, that we do, um, 30 Minute Time Limit. And we had discussed Naomi and uh, Sasha. It now looks like Naomi may be going to AEW. There is a shot of her and Jade Cargill at a recent basketball game together. And they were on the screens at the basketball game themselves. And uh, so there seems to be a little bit of uh, possibilities that we may see Naomi show up in AEW as a part of uh, the crew with Jade Cargill. Well, uh... I, you know, you never know what, what's going on in this business here. You know what I mean? But for Naomi to, you know, to be, you know, shown, you know, uh, with uh, Jay Cargill, I, I mean, that kind of says something. But, you know, I, I, I would hurt, certainly hope that uh, her and Sasha Banks work something out with WWE because both of those girls are great talent. They're great performers in the ring. And me, myself, I think they'd be losing two great women, you know, if, if they left the company and went to AEW. But like I said, in this business, you never know what's going on. But my thing is this, you know, I love both of them. 
they've certainly been a great asset to the business. And, you know, whichever move they make, congratulations to them. And Jane Cargile, you know, I had a chance to um, help train her when yep. uh, I was affiliated with the school face-to-face. So she's just phenomenal, man. And she's really come out and really, you know, been better than I thought she was going to be. So, I mean, Naomi, you know, don't get me wrong. She fit right in there. But, you know, hopefully WWE sees and, uh, you know, what they got. And they may not want to lose her. Now, when it comes to Sasha, there are rumors going around right now, even as of today. And it sounds like it's official now that um, Sasha Banks will be a part of the New Japan Pro Wrestling event uh, at the Tokyo Dome in the first of next year. Uh, so they, she has managed to get a few dates from New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I don't know what the working condition is between WWE and New Japan. I tend to believe that AEW works with New Japan, uh, which kind of makes me wonder how that deal came to place for Sasha Banks. Well, the only thing I we can do is we just have to wait and, and see what happens. You know what I mean? Because like I said, in this business here, everything is unpredictable. You you never know. So, you know, like I said, I, I love both of them. They're great. And I just wish the best for them both. Eric Bischoff, Teddy, <laughs> you and I, we had a conversation on our other show just the other day about Eric Bischoff making comments about Jim Cornette. Now, you can go back and find that on our other show, uh, which is 30-minute time limit, uh, Road Trip After Hours. That's on YouTube. And you'll find us talking about uh, Jim and Eric. But now Eric is making comments about Ric Flair. Listen to this. Last week on, uh, let's see, where is it here? He says that, uh, you know, that Jim had never done anything for the business. Now he's saying that Ric Flair should thank him. That Ric Flair should thank Eric Bischoff. And the reason he's saying that's because he brought the best out of Flair. And that Flair wasn't Flair until he made him Flair. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I swear, Teddy, I think he took a chair shot to the head at a show recently or something. (laughs) What the Uh, hell was wrong with him? uh, Well, I don't know, man. Uh, You know what I mean? I certainly know this. You know, I was there when uh, Bishop was there with the NWO and I was all a part of that and I do you know I do think that you know Bischoff gave him you know pretty good full reign on what he could do and everything so you know I, I just don't know you know I love Eric Cadell he's a great guy but you know I, I maybe he knows something about player that you and I don't know I just don't know now um, you were there during the time when they had a lot of tension going on were you still at WCW at that point when he and Eric were not quite seeing eye to eye yeah I was there then yeah Look, I used to hear comments because I had somebody on the inside there that I knew, and I would get comments all the time about the two of them uh, and and how things would just get so, so blown out of proportion and that the drama kept up mainly from Flair. Uh, Bishop was trying to keep it down and Flair was keeping the drama going. Well, you know, you know, you know, that's Flair. You know, the man has an ego as big as uh, Mount Everett. So, you know, you just never know what he's going to say or what he's going to do. Uh, Teddy, I want to bring up something real quick that we had talked about recently as well on another show. But again, I want to bring it up here. Uh, Dusty Rhodes was involved in a steel cage match at the Omni uh, where the fans began rushing the cage. And you had told me uh, during that conversation that you were there that night. Um, Can you kind of give us a perspective from behind the scenes as you saw it unfolding? When did you realize this is getting a little bit too far out of control and when did the guys in the back think, oh, shit, we're in trouble? 
Well, they uh, finally, when the fans start rushing, you know, the ring and, uh, you know, just start, you know, coming over the rail of this stuff, then we knew that what was going on, you know, what was happening right then. So that's kind of horrifying, man, you know, to, to, to be right in the middle of that. You know, I wasn't there, but I heard a story one time that uh, there was a fan that uh, jumped the rail and stabbed Ole Anderson. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I did hear that story, you know, so i watched a lot of that happen, too. i seen one guy one time, we was in Dothan, Alabama, and uh, some guy jumped the rail and had a gun. And the police had to really tackle him down, you know, because he was going to shoot, uh, I think it, it was hot stuff Eddie Gilbert, God rest wow. his soul. He was doing this angle with uh, John Gillum, and they had put a mask on him, calling him Mr. Dothan. And so I think that, you know, and Eddie, you know, he certainly knew how to get heat. So that night, the guy just was completely out of control. So, you know what I mean? You, that That's kind of horrifying, man, because that's when it gets real. Did you ever see fans come over in the WWE and try to do the same thing? I've seen one or two in my time, but not many, but there have been some. No, there? no I've seen a lot of that. I remember one time you know, we were doing an overseas tour, and they had a cage match. And uh, all of a sudden, we look up, there's this guy climbing the cage, brother. He was on his way in the cage. So what they did... They just let him climb and got over and got half his body in, and they brought the rest ceremony in, and they introduced him to the world of professional wrestling. Yes. Yeah, because uh, we, we've always been taught that once they come in, inside those ropes, they're fair game at that point, because right? you're defending well, yourself. Well, you're in our backyard then. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, do you, I mean, who was in the uh, the cage at the time that he was coming over? Do you remember who was involved in that? I, I think it was Randy Orton and somebody. I don't remember. It's been quite a long time ago, but I know we was in Italy. I believe that's where it was. I do remember a couple of times watching, and I'm trying to think if it was, uh, I think it was Triple H and Stone Cold Steve Austin, and somebody entered the ring. Stone Cold didn't see him right away, but Triple H did, and he took him down uh, before he got the Stone Cold, which kind of killed the whole, you know, the story that was going on in the ring. But uh, it did take place, and, and guys, trust me when I tell you, you do not want to go inside those ropes if you're not welcome in there. Don't go in there. Yeah, exactly, man, because you, you you have no idea what's going to happen to you. Look, uh, I want to go back to Eric Bischoff real quick. He also made another comment after talking about uh, um, Ric Flair. He also made a comment that he didn't think that the uh, four horsemen were that great of a stable, basically, that they were just a regional, you know, uh, stable. But, you know, they, they really weren't well known. Well, <laughs> again, I think he got hit by a car, but... I I don't mean, I, I just don't know how much known you can get, you know, after, you know, the poor horseman. I mean, Jesus Christ, that was certainly a, a brand there. Everywhere uh, you went. Yeah. So, you know, I, like I said, man, every every man has his own opinion. So that's Eric's opinion. Teddy, I sent you a video of last week's uh, promo between Ricky Starks and MJF. And I just want to get your opinion on that video. Um I, I got to tell you, personally, I think it was probably the best piece of business in, wrestle, in TV wrestling last week. Well, I tell you what, too, I feel the same way. MJF, you know, I, I, I love this guy to death. He's great on the microphone. He's got great mic skills, and he certainly knows how to cut a promo and get it over. And I think what he did was real professional. You had the, the Starks kid there, hometown boy. Everybody loved him. And I thought that what MJF did for him, brother, that was the highlight of his life. He, that, that should take him straight on to the top. And, I mean, that's how you do business. And MJF did business that night. And, man, congratulations to him. You know what I love about that is that it was all organic. Uh, you know, that was it just happened to be that they were in Ricky Stark's home state. Um, so he's got local fans basically there that can help support that storyline. 
but everything about that came together in a way that I don't think AEW anticipated. Uh, because now I look at Ricky Starks, when, when you have, back in the, in the older days, you had Ric Flair and Sting. They were two guys who, whenever they came across each other, you knew something was going to go down. Right. Ricky Starks and MJF had a very believable tension to it that makes me believe that Ricky Starks could be a huge star. Well, what I was just going to say this, you know, I hope that after that night, that I hope Tony Khan took a look at Ricky Starks. I'm telling you, yes. I hope that right there got Ricky Starks a job because he certainly deserves one. Well, Ricky's been there working uh, for the last, uh, I believe the last year now. Uh, he's under a full contract now, but uh, he has not been pushed, uh, not like this. And I really believe that whoever's writing stories right now needs to put a pause on whatever they're doing and relook at what happened last week before you move forward because there's something there. There's money to be made between those two and not just for a one-time match. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah MJF could make him the biggest baby face in the company. And yeah. uh, like, I, like I said, we don't know, but this may have been the start for Ricky Stark. This may, may, may be the start of his big push. I don't know, but I certainly hope so because he did a, he did a great job. Did he ever? Not just incredible. Also, uh, Conan had made a comment that he thought that Ricky Starks was the first person that could stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with MJF, even more so than CM Punk when he was there. Well, and I, Conan, I agree with that, actually. Yeah, well, Conan's a smart guy. He's been around this business for a long, long time, and he knows. So, yeah, I certainly would agree with you, too. Look, uh, speaking of Conan, he believes that Matt Riddle in the WWE uh, may have a lot of heat uh, after he got destroyed. And I mean, and stretchered out by uh, uh, by EMTs on last week's Raw. Um, he goes on to say, Conan says, quote, I thought it was a good match. Usos versus KO and uh, Matt Riddle. They made Solo look like a beast because he took out Elias earlier and then just destroyed Riddle. Riddle's gotta have heat, bro. There's no other top guy who gets treated like this. Well, uh, like I said, Conan's been around. He knows, and and you and I know, you know, and that that could be the problem. He, he could have a little heat, and sometimes when you get heat, that's the way you get punished. What what's it like when? Uh, give me an example that you don't have to use names or anything, but give me an example of what it's like when you get when you get heat in the back with the boys uh, or with the management. Um, well, you know, sometimes, uh, if, you know, when you get heat with the boys, you know, sometimes they'll let that rest according to what kind of heat you got. And I remember the time that uh, somebody well, got Rupert, heat with that dog. Could you just, could you just uh, stop? Get down. Uh, but uh, like I said, sometimes when you get heat in the back with the boys and I can tell you one incident, there was one guy that they brought in and he come in, you know, all cocky and talking about what he's going to do, this and that. And so come to find out that uh, they put the hit on him, the APA, they really showed him exactly what this was all about. And he left that day and he never come back. <laughs> I've seen some I've seen some matches here and there where uh, with the APA where uh, they looked a little stiff in the ring, like maybe they were trying to get a message across. Uh, no, they're, they're not a little stiff. They are stiff. Stiff, stiff. <laughs> ain't, no, ain't no little got nothing to do with it. Teddy, has the, uh, the has the form of stiff changed from the early days to now? Uh, it's according to what's going on. You know, sometimes some guys in there, they get a little cocky, so you have to kind of teach them a lesson and let them know, you know, hey, this is how this goes, and, you know, let them know who's in charge, so... I think that would probably be going on, you know, in wrestling, but as long as wrestling exists. 
Do you think that uh, though that maybe some of the punches and the kicks are looking a little bit too weak now and not they're not? I don't want to say they're stiff, but I like to see contact in my wrestling. Uh, I don't well, like to see a swing and a miss and somebody go down. Well, some of the young kids are kind of you know kind of like that. You know what I mean? They don't really lay them in because I think some of the kids are concerned about whether they're going to hurt somebody or not. Well, I don't want to hit you that hard. I don't want you know what I mean? But that's not how it goes. You know what I mean? You got to lay those punches in. And that's a way to lay the punches in where you don't hurt anybody. You know, yep. a lot of guys, professional, one of the greatest of all time. God rest his soul. Bobby Eaton. Uh, <clears throat> one of the best in the in the world, man. He could hit you and look like he knocked your head off and never touched you. Yep. So like, like I said, a lot of the young kids now, you know, they just some of them, you know, they just don't get it. And some of them do. So we just that's how the business has changed. And speaking of uh, throwing punches, let me tell you, over the weekend, I watched ROH. Uh, they had a pay-per-view and FTR uh, went against the Briscoes. That was one hard hard hitting match that was one of the most physical matches i think i've seen in quite some time and uh one of the uh members of ftr had a picture he was flying back home and he had lumps all over his head from where he took punches and shots and stuff uh just from how stiff that match was but again i like that but that kind of wrestling because it makes it more believable to me to see some contact be made well that's how it should be you know what i mean that your job is to make people believe you know i always tell people this they see what we do. They don't feel what we do. Correct. Let's talk a little business here, uh, Teddy. I want you to put on a promoter's hat and uh, just kind of hear the story out and give me your thoughts. William Regal has gotten his release from AEW. Uh, all signs uh, now, as of today, it looks very confirmed that he'll be going to WWE in a non-televised role. He'll be behind the scenes. Um he still had a two-year option on his contract that Tony could have picked up uh, with AEW. Tony chose not to pick it up, but William Regal was helping bring numbers to the ratings game on his television show. Uh, in fact, uh, probably one of the, the shining parts of that show was William Regal and his promos that he was cutting. Would you have allowed that to happen when your ratings are starting to drop and you see them dropping around you? Do you let go of somebody like William Regal just to be nice and let him go back to be at WWE? Or are you a businessman say, William, I appreciate that, but right now, you know, this is working for us and I've got to do what's best for my company and my, you know, my shareholders. Well, that's what I would have did. I'd have sit down and maybe had a, you know, a, a, a serious talk with William yeah. Regal. And like you just said, you know, we need to do what's best for business. Right now, you know, you're doing numbers. You know what I mean? Let, you know, let's 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 make this thing work. You know what I mean? And after a while, if you feel like you don't want to be here anymore, let's sit down and talk about it. And you know, if that's what you, you want to leave, then that's what'll happen. But I mean, I think you know, Regal, good, great guy, man. Good, good to have around because he knows it all. But him and Hunter, they've been friends for a long time. And so I think he feels a lot more comfortable working with Hunter. You know what I mean? And doing what he was doing behind the scenes. William Regal is a guy that ain't got no ego. He ain't worried about being on your TV and all that. He just wants a job and wants to contribute to whatever he can to the business. I have heard that uh, one of the th it's been rumored by other people behind the scenes that Regal had an issue just like CM Punk. Uh, in the fact that he would go down and try to train and pass on advice to some of the younger guys, but a lot of them just don't are not receptive to that advice, uh, it, which is what you hear quite often. It's a continuous thing you hear about people who go into AEW and leave. They're a little bit older in, in the veterans that were there and are gone now. 
Well, um, I don't I don't blame those guys, man. If you're working with a bunch of young kids there and you're trying to tell them the right thing to do and, and the way this works and they don't want to listen to you, then I wouldn't want to be a part of that anyway. I want to get away from that too because sooner or later, the company's going to destruct. And those people that don't want to listen and don't want to hear nothing are, are some of the people that's going to destroy it. So I don't I don't blame him. I wouldn't be there when the ship sinks anyway. He's did his part. He's tried to tell them what to do. He showed them. And if you don't want to listen to a guy like William Regal, then something, something's got to be wrong with you. Teddy, I'm going to throw a uh, challenge at you, and you're, you may not like this, but I know for a fact you have not watched a full AEW show. You've seen clips, a lot like what I do now. I kind of watch clips here and there. I'm going to challenge you to watch their show tomorrow night. Now, this is, as of today, this is 12-12, uh, December 12th, 22. Um, if you'll watch tomorrow night's show, it's, it's one of their specials called Winter is Coming. Uh, it's on TBS. It's a two-hour show. I'd like to get your opinion of AEW and how you see it through your eyes, because I know you've only seen bits and pieces, but I'd like you to see it from top to bottom and tell me you know, what your thoughts are of this new promotion. Well, I'll do that. I'll certainly watch it. But the only reason I, you know, don't really watch it because, you know, it's like this with me. If, if AEW is not interested in me, then I'm not interested in AEW. It's just that simple. So, so, but uh, I'll watch it just because you asked me to. Yeah, I just, I just want to get your opinion because I know that uh, you're, you're old school like I am. And some yeah. of it, some of it's in that program and some of it's not. So I'm curious to see what your thoughts are, you know, from a top to bottom show, what you think about AEW. All right. Margot Robbie, uh, also known as Harley Quinn in the movies, uh, said in a recent interview that John Cena, <laughs> get this, she says, quote, is so worth the hype. He's the best. I love him. I really love him. So she now <laughs> has got John Cena in a situation where she's out there throwing those things out and he's trying to respond. Did you have a lot of people from... Um, the entertainment world to come through WWE that got starstruck by themselves when they got there. Oh uh, yeah, John Cena was one of them. Now, I mean, somebody, <laughs> I mean that star coming in, like uh, let's say uh, Danny DeVito, he comes in and he meets somebody behind the stage. Did you see instances where they just turned into a kid and thought, "Man, this is great! I'm beating one of my favorite wrestlers." Well, yeah, I saw a lot of a lot of guys that come in, you know, some of the enhancement guys that come in, you know, just, you know, to, you know, to, to do jobs, as we call it. And uh, some of those guys are real excited, you know. I mean, I've had guys even come up to me like that, you know what I mean? God, they're Teddy Long, you know. But, uh, you know, but that's really good for them. You know, they get a chance to, you know, meet their hero. And so the other thing I like about them, some of them had a chance to meet us and they were excited, but they still went out and did their job. They didn't let that interfere with their job. And so those are the kind of guys I like to hang around with. You were in a sweet spot of wrestling, Teddy. You were you were at the uh, the beginning stages of Nitro and all that hype that started up with uh, Nitro. Then you were gone and came into the WWE during the uh, Attitude Era. Um, what you, you being in both companies and you've seen how things were done with the uh, business side of things, but wrestling wise and talent wise, where was the most talent sitting? Well, the most talent was in the WWE at the time. Well, WWE, but the WWE now that's where most of the talent was. And to, to, to show you how that worked, as you can remember, you know, all the talent when Bishop started giving out all the money and all that talent that Vince had, Kevin Nash, you know, God rest his soul, Scott Hall. Uh, another one, uh, Muncho, Randy Savage, then Hogan, all those guys came right on in the WWE, you know, I mean, in WWCW. And, uh, you know, but it's all about getting the money. Yep. <laughs> you know? 
Yep. So that's where all the talent was, and that's how you saw what you know WCW was able to do was to take all those guys away from the WWE and offer them all money. But see, they didn't understand that Vince just sit back and just watch it, and the next thing you know, they're all back with Vince. Yep. Let, let me ask you, being having been that you were in WCW and NWA before you went to WWE. Can you describe what it was like when WCW finally started hitting its stride and seeing those huge houses and and uh, millions of viewers that you didn't have well, before? Well, everybody was excited. I mean, the NWO was the biggest thing that could ever happen to WCW. So, I mean, we're selling out everywhere. And so everybody, the thing was, is, you know, if, if NWO was on that card, then you wanted to be on that card because, you know, you're going to get a nice payday that night. And plus, you want to be a part of a big sellout crowd. I mean, everybody's having fun. That arena is full of people, you know. And so you, you're really, you know, you're looking around and you're like, OK, man, we're doing our job here. You know, we got this place packed out. Because that's what I used to always say every time I went to any arena, you know, how we doing tonight? You know, what's what's yep. it look like? And so, you know, you want to know that. So, yeah, I was just glad to be a part of it, man. Who were some of the uh, best people uh, when it came to respecting the business and wanting to do more with the business and not there just to get a paycheck? Well, Hogan was uh, one of those guys that would that we respected the business. You had uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin was willing to go over the limb for the business. You know, he wasn't just there to get a paycheck. He was there to, you know, do his job and, you know, make the company, you know, be successful. You had Undertaker right there, you know, another guy that went out of his way. I mean, this guy here one time, he caught on fire. He was going out and the pyro went off and caught on fire. It didn't stop him. He went straight onto the ring and did his job. With and I know some- degree burns. Right, with second degree burns. So I know some guys would have freaked out and panicked, would have ran back to the locker room you know, Tom, well, I can't go out there, I'm on fire and all that. So, you know, you don't let that. Yeah, you, you can't do that. This is this is all about business, man. I don't, you know, went out, you know, hurting, aching and everything, you know, don't bother me. I, I wasn't a wrestler, you know, but sometimes yep. the toll, of, you know, of traveling, you know, gets on you, man. Then oh, I'm yeah. trying to work out in the gym every day to keep the stress down. So, you know, it's a lot on the body. Out of curiosity, back at the time uh, that you were at SmackDown, if you could have put together your roster, the roster of guys and women that you like on your show, who would they have been? And you can uh, pick, I mean, you can pick anybody. It doesn't have to be just in WWE, but if you could have stacked a, a, a you know, a roster of guys on your card uh, for SmackDown, who would you have chosen? Well, especially, you know, you got Undertaker there. You, uh, CM Punk would have been one of my guys. Um, uh, the Miz, uh, another guy. Uh, now, why The Miz? Why The Miz? Well, because he's so entertaining. And uh, I had a chance to see The Miz before he ever, you know, got got real big. He was in Deep South Wrestling after he come off uh, one of those reality shows. Yep. So I had a chance to meet him way back when and just to see how he progressed and how his success just shot him right to the top. So Miz would have been one of them. Vicky Guerrero certainly would have been a part of that. She was absolutely great. Uh we had an, uh, Michelle uh, Taker's uh, wife, Michelle McGrew. She would have she would have been really good. One of the people that I'd have took there. But I mean, you know, it's hard to really pick because everybody at that time during the Attitude Era, everybody was doing great. I mean, oh, yeah. anybody you put on that show, man, people wanted to see them. Yeah, I, I noticed that uh, that list of people on there, and I, I was trying to write down everybody that you were saying. You didn't have John Laurinaitis anywhere on there. Why would I? <laughs> just that simple teddy anything you need to talk about before we close out today 
<laughs> no, I I just want to say we've we've had a great show today, and uh, I've enjoyed every moment of it. Okay. <laughs> hey, and don't forget too. Let me go back. I want to reiterate uh, what we had uh, gotten told earlier, and I probably won't be able to find the notes now, but. Um... We are switching over to Wrestle Binge by Sports Kita on YouTube. Make sure you stop by and see us there. Subscribe. We and when we say that, we're serious when we ask you to subscribe. That would be a big help, not only here but also on our other show that we have, which is on YouTube, and that is called Thirty Minute Time Limit Road Trip After Hours. Now, if you go there and you subscribe, Teddy's been teasing this for a while. I kind of figured this out, Teddy. If you want a chance at winning prizes like T-shirts and other things, road trip, actual merchandise, I promise you, if you subscribe, you'll be in that running to win prizes. But you got to subscribe to win. That's it. No purchase necessary, but you do have to subscribe to win. Exactly, man. And that's and we go. We're gonna have some gift cards, or T-shirts, and you know maybe we'll have a lot of other merchandise to give people. As a matter of fact, uh, yeah, we have we have eight by tens, t-shirts, uh, we have uh, actual iron-on patches and so on patches with our logo. So there's a lot of stuff that we'll be able to give you. All you have to do is go down there and subscribe. In fact, T- Teddy and I are going to sit here and wait for you to do that. Well, do okay. we have that much time? Sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, you see him doing anything, Teddy? I'm trying to yeah, see yeah. Then, right then, in, then, in case y'all wondering, it's right, right down here, down, right, right there. There you go. Jack, I, I think they got it. They're not they not, they not like you. They're not drinking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Pro Wrestling Tees. If you want one of our T-shirts, stop by Pro Wrestling Tees. Road trip after hours. Buy one of the shirts. It's the holidays. Great gift giving idea. And Teddy, I know you got some shirts that I'm going to grab a hold of this week uh, that we'll be doing some uh, selling of, of as well, right? Right. We'll be doing that. All right. I'm Mac Davis. He is WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long, and this is One on One. And in the words of Tony Chimmo, holler. Holler.